Hello, and welcome to Season 2 of the Tampa Bay Philanthropy Week podcast. My name is Holly Moon. I am the Chair for Tampa Bay Philanthropy Week for the Association of Fundraising Professionals, Tampa Bay. The episode that you're about to listen to was recorded remotely for safety reasons, and as a result, you might hear some funky audio, so just stay tuned for this fantastic story. This episode features Sarah Karen from the WUSF Advisory Board. This podcast is hosted by Wilma Norton from the Community Foundation Tampa Bay. Thanks, Wilma. So welcome to another episode of the Tampa Bay Philanthropy Week podcast. I'm Wilma Norton from Community Foundation of Tampa Bay, and I'm with Sarah Karen from WUSF today, who has been uh, put forward by our friends at WUSF as a wonderful advocate and supporter of the station. And so we're going to talk about how Sarah came to be involved with WUSF and all of the wonderful things that other people should support uh, around public media. So welcome, Sarah. Thank you so much, Wilma. Nice to be here. So if you could tell me just a little bit about yourself and how you came to be involved with WUSF and the work that they do. Oh, great. Well, um, I'm a transplanted Midwesterner, like so many of us in the Tampa Bay area. I live in the Sarasota area and uh, grew up in Chicago, which maybe you'll hear in my mild accent, Um, and then uh, raised my family in the Twin Cities in Minneapolis. And so I, I see that my whole life, I've had a thriving public radio station on in the background, on in the car, on in my mind and my heart. And I, I kind of think that that was probably one of the things I loved about Sarasota area when we were looking for a place to relocate in sort of retirement, my husband and I. Um, we've always supported public radio wherever we've lived. Uh, we were involved with public radio on a deeper level in the Twin Cities. And so when we came to the Tampa Bay area, it was uh, an immediate affinity that we pursued to see if there were any opportunities to, you know, volunteer and help on a slightly bigger level. I love that one of the things on your checklist was a good and vibrant public radio station. Mm -hmm. I think it's a sign of a thriving community, a thinking community, a cultural community. I think we, when we have a public radio station at our disposal, it's sort of like turning on and off the water faucet. We don't, we take it for granted, of course. It's always been there and in our minds, it always will be. And um, I, I know there's plenty of places that don't have public radio and, and I'm always grateful that I live in one that does. So how then did you become involved in the station and you're now chairing the advisory committee? Um, what, what has that engagement been like for you? Well, I've been, um, in my life, I've had time to help fundraise for nonprofits for about 25 years now um, as a volunteer. And so that was something I was hoping to find a way to do when I moved to my new community. Um, and my husband was actually the first person who got involved with the um, USF, WUSF Public Media Advisory Board. And when he was ready to roll off his term without asking my permission first, <laughs> 
wrote an email saying, you should really ask Sarah if she would like to join your efforts. And thankfully, uh, Scott and his colleagues were very kind and they did ask me to join. So I joined the board, I think it's been about four years now, four years or five years ago and um, stepped into chair two years ago. We have a three-year chair term on our board. So my first year chairing was delightful and we had lots of events and lots of gatherings. And my second year of chairing was uh, bisected by COVID. And now I'm just starting my third year and hopefully the second half of this year, we will get to be back together again. We really miss gathering, but we've been working really hard on Zoom. So uh, it didn't stop us. It just yep. made it maybe a little less fun. <laughs> I've, I've attended one or two of those Zoom gatherings that were still great, but you, you do miss being, uh, being together. Why is helping other people recognize the importance of public media so important to you? Well, um, you know, specifically around news, public affairs, culture, entertainment, jazz, and classical music, all of which are some of my biggest favorite things. Um, in a, another lifetime, I worked on newspapers as an editor. And I know, again, this is something we've taken for granted in our communities and our, and our metroplexes, having a strong, ethical, balanced, hardworking, well-funded uh, news media in our communities is vital, vitally important. And of course, right now uh, we're losing so many of those organizations. And luckily for us, we have um, public media to sort of hold the torch and keep the standards high um, because it's a publicly funded, um, there is not such a lean as you see in uh, for-profit media, just by necessity. You know, that has to happen if you're a for-profit media organization right now, maybe more so than it used to in the past. Um, right. So honestly, I, if I look at ways to help a community stay connected, stay engaged, stay educated about what's going on, we're all so busy and we're just inundated with information all the time. I think you know, public media is just the number one place that I recommend people put some of their philanthropic energy uh, because it has an enormous ripple effect. It's filling a void that is harming us uh, as, as a country, I think. And, uh, and it's got incredible power looking forward because this is such a time of reinvention and so many industries, news, not least among them, have to figure out what's next and how to serve within the new reality. And, and public media, you know, it's not just on the airwaves. It's not just on your car radio. It's on, you can ask your Alexa or your smart speaker to play it. You can go on your satellite radio and play it. You, I use it like a, almost like a newspaper. Just go on the website, read the news, click when you want to hear more. Um, so I, I'm crazy about that and I'm crazy about the soundtrack and it helped me get to know my new community. That is a bonus. And I'm a former uh, newspaper reporter and editor myself. So awesome. we have, we just met, but I feel like we're kindred spirits here. We, we love uh, public radio and, and good unbiased, trustworthy news. 
I think some people may think, well, it's public media, so why should I support it? Why, why are my philanthropic dollars important? Do they really need my money? Can you talk to that a little bit? Because I know that's a big part of what volunteers like you help bring to the organization and, and to Scott Nolan and his team. Yes, the short answer to that question, do they really need your money? Boy, do they ever. And boy, will they always. You know, I mean, there's the technology, the engineering, the production, um, there's, it, it, it's, it's a large, incredibly impressive enterprise where everyone does a million things with a hundred dollars, you know, that kind of a place. Um, and it absolutely would not be able to exist without our consistent philanthropic support. So, um, let's talk a little philosophically here about what you, what, what does philanthropy mean to you personally? I mean, obviously you put that into action with your time and, and financial resources and, and those kinds of things. But part of the reason that we're doing these conversations is to help people see both the value of philanthropy, understand a little bit about what it is, and also maybe get inspired to dip their toe in if they haven't been someone who considered themselves a philanthropist before. So I'll, I'll just throw that uh, philosophical ball at you. <laughs> a philosophical ball. Okay. Yes. Um, yes I, um, so it was about 25 years ago that I first found myself working very hard for a cause that I cared a great deal about that had no community funding track record. It had, like a lot of organizations, it had certain stakeholders who loved it and made it a huge philanthropic priority and had the means to somewhat sustain it. But what I learned right away is that you need the full base of support from your community. And if you are dealing with a community of supporters who love the enterprise that you're involved with, and think that their donation doesn't matter, it's just because they don't understand that the donation, and this is where a lot of people may disagree with me, the donation isn't about dollars. It's not about dollar amounts. It's about energy and intention and fueling a mission and um, buying into a mission and being part of it and being proud of it and being excited about it. It's this whole other source of fuel for a nonprofit enterprise. So I have always felt that, and it took me a while. I mean, I, of course, like anyone who ever has to raise money, I'm like, please don't make me ask anyone for money. I can't do that. And don't, um, don't set that number. <laughs> yeah, no one wants to do that. No one wakes up in the morning and says, well, maybe some superheroes wake up in the morning and say, can't wait to ask people for money today. I'm, I'm not necessarily one of those people, but I do feel that everyone gives. And in the end, you choose the organizations you want to help and you're giving your friends and neighbors an opportunity to have an impact um, and, and an opportunity to feel really fantastic about their gift. And I know this sounds like I'm making this up, but I, it is, I, there is a certain alchemy that occurs when all of us or each of us decides to uh, give a gift. 
with a, just an open heart and believing in the power and the value of that gift and that it has nothing to do with how many dollars the gift is. It's all it is is generosity appropriately within your means. If it's appropriately generous within your means and within where you are at that moment, it's just as powerful as any other gift that organization receives. Well, and a theme that runs through these conversations I'm having around philanthropy week is you get back so much more than you give. And we hear that from people who've who have made this part of their life to be a philanthropist. And uh, and I think that's that's also what you're saying, and that it's it's not a gift, it's an investment in some ways in your community. Absolutely. I mean, it's a gift to everyone who benefits from whatever you're donating to. Of course, in this case, I can't say enough good things about what your donation to WUSF Public Media does for your community if you want a gift that has a ripple effect and that is uh, punches way above its weight in terms of impact, this is a great gift to give. You know, I come from communities where I literally, and, and I live now in a community where I can look around and count as I drive around every day, you know, probably needing more than two hands to count the places that are there for all of us to enjoy because of, of individual generosity or organizational generosity. I remember I didn't think of myself as someone who could be a part of that because I, I'm not a huge donor. And I certainly, when I started out, was a much smaller donor than I am now. But it's a good mind shift when you understand, I mean, maybe all of us are philanthropists and we just don't know it. I mean, all of us do things for the good of others for no benefit for ourselves. Um, you know, philanthropist has, seems to have like dollar signs around it when you say the word, but it really isn't that at all. It all philanthropy, I think like the Greek root word is like love of your fellow man or friendship right. or something like that. I mean, I, and, um, you know, the small, I don't even want to say small, the people who think their gifts are small can see the impact and hopefully understand that there isn't such a, I mean, that again, sounds trite, but there really isn't such a thing as a small gift. What are you proud of that WUSF has been able to accomplish uh, recently in the, in maybe during COVID or during the time that you've been uh, in the head of the advisory board? That is, that's something that's wouldn't have been possible without those sustaining members and the people who leave endowments and legacies and, and all, and make the $5 and the $10 gifts. Yes. Um, I, if you want to feel like a slacker, find out more about what everyone at the stations has been doing <laughs> since COVID started. I mean, there was the election and then there was a very complicated political situation. And then there was the civil rights, um, issue resurgence in our country. And then there was COVID and, you know, the, the staffs of all news organizations were going head over heels, keeping up with things even then. And then COVID hit and the entire organization had to um, go home, figure out how much they could do their jobs from home. So watching that innovation, I think would make everyone proud because they do this in service of all of us in the community. 
Um, so that is something amazing that came of these times. And then within all that, watching what targeted philanthropy and sustained philanthropy has, has inspired is great. I mean, if you look at the growth and strengthening of our WSMR FM classical radio, that is so philanthropically given or driven, I should say, so philanthropically driven with um, really intentional gifts to sustain the station, to sustain um, the hosts of the station, to um, expand the staffing. We have watched individual gifts come in and um, bequests come in that have been incredibly powerful for that station in the past, you know, what would it be about 18 months, right? Um, and then of course, in the news and public affairs, the same thing has been going on. You know, right before COVID, we gathered together in Sarasota Manatee counties and supported the creation of a new reporter's beat. Um, and Kathy Carter is our wonderful Sarasota Manatee reporter. You'll also hear her you know, announcing on um, other parts of the broadcast. Um, that was a gift that created a three-year track to create and sustain that position after which it will become permanent. There are these amazing gifts of impact that people can make. Um, you know, right now we're fundraising for also to create a bigger endowment for the station because the station tends to use what it has and not leave a whole lot waiting in the wings. And of course, for any organization, you need a strong endowment to get you through the rough times. But we just went through an incredibly rough time and the donors and sustainers are the people who kept us rolling. Absolutely. So I, it's, I mean, you can pinpoint individual things, but you can also say just the extent to which the station was able to perform the past 18 months is, 100% because of donor support. And I, as someone who uh, is pretty well connected within uh, WUSF, I can say I've seen not only performing, like you said, as had been in the past, but upping the game and starting new things and expanding the digital and, and all of those kinds of things in the midst of this yeah, unprecedented. And that's, that sounds trite. We've stopped saying this is an unprecedented time because that's, that word isn't strong enough, but um, no, we can just call it crazy bananas. Uh, that would be fine. No. And yeah. the other thing, you know, like, because it is true. I mean, there have been gifts in COVID and that whole necessity being the mother of invention arts access Florida, which the Tampa Bay foundation funded is something that was invented in the moment. And it will be with us forever. And it is amazing. I, I don't know if anyone else uses it this way. I literally use it as a Bay Area culture, arts, entertainment jukebox. I call up the website. I'm like, what am I in the mood for today? Push A7. And you can hear an amazing cellist play a solo for you while you, you, know, while you make your breakfast. Or It's just incredible. And it, it lets you see all these performances that even if it is in your community and you're a season ticket holder, there are, you're never gonna see everything that's out there. You're never gonna feel, uh, you know, you're never gonna feel the inventiveness that these arts organizations have been uh, putting into motion. I can't recommend it highly enough. I enjoy it so much. And, and it's completely, it's, it came here because of the pandemic and it's staying forever because it's so awesome. 
Well, and as we were talking about whether the Community Foundation Tampa Bay could could be the you know presenting founding sponsor for that, that was a lot of our conversation is this is born of COVID and is so vital during COVID, but we saw the bigger picture of expanding access and engagement to the arts beyond to isolated to you know once the rest of us go back into the world to isolated seniors or uh, to children in underserved communities or uh, just to people like you and me who want to put a cello performance on in the background while we're trying to write our 50th email of the day. <laughs> it makes everything better. <laughs> it does. It does. So I, I, I'm glad that you mentioned that because we're proud to have been a part of that, but also yeah. very proud of, of WUSF for coming up with the idea and not just the idea, but the, the way to get it launched. Yeah, it's amazing. So, so if a, if a friend says to you or, or a stranger says to you, I heard you talking about that you're a philanthropist and what you, how you got involved and, and what, uh, what you get out of this volunteer work and this uh, immersion in this thing you care about, how do I do that? What, what do you say to somebody who gets inspired to, to go do something good, but doesn't know where to start. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, it's a little bit of a hard answer because people do ask me that. Well, I want to, especially because we live in a community where a lot of people are moving to this community, having completed their full-time career, but they're still have so much to offer and they're, you know, they, they're looking for something. Um, I always say, look where you give because you should follow your passion. What are the causes that you're really passionate about? Because it's not an arbitrary choice where you wanna dig in and volunteer and get more involved. It must follow your own personal passion um, because I don't know, that's just the way it should be. It should be something you love, something you believe in, and ideally something also that you really enjoy. It's, you know, that because when we set ourselves up that way, then we have so much more to offer, you know, because we're, we're following our passions and we're enjoying it in the process. So I say, look where you give. Um, a lot of people move here from other communities, continue funding nonprofits in the community they came from, which is absolutely fine, but don't make that intellectual leap to, this is my community now, where am I gonna get involved here? Where do I want to put my energy? Where do I want to share my gifts and lend my talents? Um, so I, I talk to people a lot about that too, because it's some kind of a mind shift that you need to make sooner rather than later. You don't wait till you've been here 10 years. You know, this is your new hometown. Where do you want to get involved? And where do you want to invest your energy and your goodness? Absolutely. And I, I do think we're also blessed here, in addition to a lot of incredible nonprofit institutions, arts and cultural and educational and otherwise that we all benefit from. We also are blessed with some really thriving community foundations in our communities. And I do think that is a perfect place to start if you're trying to get to know your community better, trying to find out about more what's out there, because 
our community foundations have their finger on the pulse of every nonprofit in our communities and they've kept us all afloat through this crisis and they they can help you direct your energy to where you can have a fantastic impact and still be following your own passions so i guess i would say that's another easy way to just take a step through the door oh well, thank you so much for saying that. I, mm-hmm. I promise it was an unsolicited plug for community foundations, but sure. uh, we spend, a, we spend a, a lot of time working really hard uh, to try to be that connector and resource for, for people like you and for people who know they want to do something that's good for their community and invest. And uh, we're always happy to uh, walk alongside them. Just Mm -hmm. as as we're all happy to walk alongside you and all of our friends from WUSF. So we're so grateful for all that you do in the community and so grateful to you, Sarah, for sharing your thoughts with us. And uh, is there any, do you have any final thoughts? Well, if my husband were here, he would say go Bucks. So I think I have to put in a plug for that. That's living your support where you live <laughs> mantra. If a longtime Bears fan can say go Bucks. <laughs> Thank you, Wilma, and everyone you work with, because you're a big part of it, of why it's so wonderful. Well, thank you so much. And I hope to see you in person sometime soon. I do too. Thanks very much. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Tampa Bay Philanthropy Week podcast. A special thank you to Community Foundation Tampa Bay for being our presenting patron and for lending us Wilma Norton to host this wonderful storytelling podcast. If you would like more Tampa Bay Philanthropy Week, you can follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. You can also follow more stories on our website at philanthropytampabay.org. Happy storytelling!